Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, open our hearts and minds today, God, so we'll receive the seed of your word and we'll be able to focus. <laughs> That's the excitement from our Bible study. I'm not editing that. That's awesome. We know how to have fun. <laughs> but let's continue, dear Lord. So let us focus on you today, Lord, that we'll be fed by your word and that we'll go forth as ambassadors of your word. We thank you for spending time with us today, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're doing the second Bible study in what is still on the cross. This Bible study, I, 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 it came to me because we were talking about the curse between Adam and Eve and how they were both cursed in the beginning, and... Adam's curse was that by the sweat of his brow, he would have to scratch a living and nothing would come easy for them. It would be toil to make, to, to make the money to take care of your family. We see that curse alive and well today in this world. Amen. The other one was that women would always struggle to be the head over their husbands, but they never will. So they'd have to struggle with this torment throughout their whole lives. And we see that struggle alive and well in our world today. But while I was teaching on that and I was thinking about that, and I've often took that curse, I've told Candy that this was our curse. Hey, I've got to get up and go to work. I've got to scratch out a living. That's my curse. Candy has told me, I, I, I'm sorry I was trying to fight with you on that. It's my curse to try and be the head over this family, and I know you're the head. But God hit me with this when we were talking about all this, and I was talking, I teached on... Jesus paid it all. And those curses belong on the cross. Amen. Those are not curses that we should have to struggle with. As Christians, we shouldn't have to, as men, we should not have to struggle with how to feed our families. The Bible says he never sees his seed begging for bread. So I need to believe that. That doesn't mean that I am going to be lazy and just sit at home and expect God to drop manna out of the sky. But it means I shouldn't struggle with it. When I go to work, I'm going to work to spread the word of God. I don't care about my paycheck. I don't care about the money. I don't care about all that. God's got me. God's got me taken care of. I need to focus on doing his will. If I'm here, I'm here to serve. And I got, I've been living that way for the past year at my work. Candy will tell you that. I, I don't ask for a raise. I don't care about the pay. I don't know if it's smart. <laughs> but God makes a way. <laughs> and it rhymed. <laughs> but it's been, it's been a blessing in my life. Because I've watched other people at my work struggle with that curse that belongs on the cross. And it's the same thing with, with women. It, you guys don't have to carry this curse. You, God's word says you can submit and you can give in. And you can live in the joy and the peace and the happiness of not having to fight that fight. Your husband's still gonna, is your husband still going to make bad decisions? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But you will be peaceful watching him fail, not fighting with him. <laughs> so there are some more curses, though, that God brought to my mind that I want to read about today. I'm going to start in Deuteronomy 28. We all, I am a big Deuteronomy 28 guy. I read this a lot. It's one of my favorite passages. It gives the blessings that God promises his people. And I always focus on that. I probably haven't read the end of Deuteronomy 28 very much. 
So today we're going to read Deuteronomy 28, and I'm going to, I'm going to read the blessings because it's always good to hear, but I'm going to dig into the curses as well. So it starts off with, if you fully obey the Lord your God and are carefully and carefully keep all his commandments that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will sit you high above all the nations of the world. So it starts off with, if you, if you, if you really obey God's commandments, so you have to know God's commandments in order to obey them, then you have to obey God's commandments. It's not just, it's not just about accepting God's grace and living in God's peace and comfort. We do that. Yes, I'm baptized. I, I'm, I'm in his graces. However, if I want the blessings, then I need to know God's commandments and I need to obey them. Now, where, we're in New Testament. So where are God's commandments? Where are God's commandments? They are summed up to two things. They are? That's, that's a very good one. Jesus summed it up to two. Love, love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. But there's also a scripture that tells us where our, where our commandments are now. Yes, mom. It's in Jeremiah 31, 33. Let's see how good my brain is, guys. Let me see how good God can bring things back to my memory. Jeremiah 31, 33. It's one of my favorites. Yes. But this is the new covenant. So he starts right off with this is the new covenant. This is not the Old Testament no more. We're not, this isn't it. This is the new one. I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them. And I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. They will not need to teach their neighbor, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone, from the least to the greatest, will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. So, so there's, where, there's where our new law is written. We need to heed to that. We need to follow the Spirit and what He's telling us, what He's putting in us. We need to listen and obey that. That's what it talks about by being led by the Spirit. We're following the Spirit. But if we do that, though God will put us high above all the nations of the world. That's why I don't care about the news that's going on in the world. That's so why I don't care about who's the president of the United States because I'm high above them. That's all below me. Their, their dumb rules and laws can't affect me. Abortion was wrong when it was legal. Why? Because we're high above that. Their petty little laws are underneath of us. We're called to a higher standard. We're above all this. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offsprings of your herd and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. 
The Lord your God will bless you in the land that he has given you if you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore to do. To all the nations of the world will see you that they will see that you are people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time for his rich treasury from his rich treasury in heaven and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. These are blessings, and there are big blessings. That's hard for me to believe that that's true. But I'm going to show you real quick here in a second how if you don't, the other is just as true. And we see it more often than we see these blessings. Because more people ignore the word of God and they disobey his commandments than people who actually believe and obey. So we don't get to see so many shining examples of this as we do of the opposite. But we're going to see it very clearly here in a second. If you listen to these commands that the Lord is your God has given you today, and if you are carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will always be on top and never on bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands that I'm giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. Amen. Now, he threw that last part in there as a caveat, because that's the worst thing we can do is turn away from God and follow other gods. But all of that was for people who don't follow after other gods. They still don't get it unless you obey carefully the word of God. So you may not turn away from God and serve false gods, but if you're not careful to obey God's word, you're not going to get these blessings. Careful to obey, to be full of faith, to, to not speak ill of your brother, to not be angry, to keep joy and love and peace and happiness in your house, to love people like you love yourself. But if you refuse, now here we go. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and you do not obey all the commands and decrees that I'm giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. So here comes the curses. Now we're going to look at this from two points of view. We're going to see this from, yes, this happens. <laughs> yes, when people turn and they don't obey God's word, you see these curses, these exact curses in their life. We're also going to look at it from the point of view of if we obey God's words, these curses shouldn't be in our life. They should be on the cross because he paid for it. So it says here, <coughs> your towns and your fields will be cursed. Your fruit baskets and your breadboards will be cursed. I mean, that means you're, you're, you're not going to have food when you need it. And even when you make food, your dinner is going to be messed up. How many times? <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking of myself, but 
How many times have I messed up my own dinners? There's a promise. We can eat good. We can have good food. We can have good crops. We can have the good things in life if we obey God's word. <laughs> That's a curse. <laughs> your children and your crops will be cursed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be cursed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be cursed. It'll feel like nothing works out for you. Everywhere you go, everything you touch falls apart. Your kids don't act right. Your crops don't grow right. You don't have good food. And you feel like everywhere you go, you fail. The Lord himself will send on you curses. The Lord himself will send on you curses. Confusion and frustration in everything you do. Now those are clearly seen in people's lives. They're frustrated. You talk to somebody and they're frustrated. And you're like, why are you, why are you upset? I don't, I don't, they, they don't even tell you. You can't figure it out. But they're frustrated. They're confused. They don't understand things the way that they should. Because they're not honoring God in their life. They're not obeying his commandments. So it's not on the cross. It's on them. Until at last you are completely destroyed for doing evil and abandoning me. The Lord will afflict you with diseases until none of you are left in the land you are about to enter and occupy. How many times do we pray for God to heal us and we see diseases and we go, it can't, yo, God just got to heal them. It's not their fault. It's not anything that they're doing. But it clearly says here in the Bible, if you don't obey God, this is going to happen. You're going to have to deal with this in your life. And I know we're not perfect. And I know we all make mistakes. And we all have problems. But God judges our heart. And he knows when you're trying and when you're not. He knows when you're actually caring about his ways and when you don't. The Lord will strike you. Wait a minute. Yes, the Lord will strike you with wasting disease, fever, and inflammation, with scorching heat and drought, and with blight and mildew. It's funny I, that the more our world gets away from his commands, the more we see this. With fever. Diseases. The disasters will pursue you until you die. The skies above will be as unyielding as bronze and the earth beneath as hard as iron. The Lord will change the rain that falls on your land into powder. The dust will pour down from the sky until you are destroyed. He's going to use his natural way of life. To, to discipline and to wreak judgment on the people who are not obeying his word. None of these things are blatant. None of these things are, I did this, now God came down and took away this. These are things that they're not going to understand. 
I don't know why nothing's working out for me. I don't know why we're sick and we have diseases. I don't know why we have fevers and all of this craziness is going on in the world. But God told you right here, this is what will happen if you don't listen and obey the word of God. The Lord will cause you to be defeated by your enemies. You will attack your enemies in one direction, but you will scatter from them in seven. You will be an object of horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Your corpse will be food for all the scavenging birds and the wild animals, and no one will be there to chase them away. The Lord will inflict you with boils of Egypt and tumors and scurvy and the itch from which you cannot be cured. Scurvy. It says scurvy. I didn't read that wrong. Lord <laughs> the Lord will strike you with madness, blindness, and panic. You will grope around in broad daylight like a blind person groping in the darkness. <coughs> you see why nobody wants to read these. Nobody wants to preach that. That's not a very big uplifting message. But it's still true. And it's still the word of God. And if we don't have this warning, then we can't, we can't fight it. But there is hope in all of this, for especially for us, because you know now what Christ came to pay for. Amen. That's what he died for. This is the wages of sin. This is what happens when you don't live God's way. This is what he came down here and wrapped himself in flesh and died a violent death to pay for so that we don't have to go through that and we don't have to carry this. And all we have to do is allow our lives to be led by him. The Lord, or here we go. Uh, but you will not find your way. You will be oppressed and robbed continually and no one will come to save you. You will be engaged to a woman, but another man will sleep with her. Yeah, curses, curses that we see in real life. You will, be, you will build a house, but someone else will live in it. People build houses and, and, have, and have to move out and they give it to bankruptcy and people get it for nothing. All because we're not honoring God. We're not living according to his word. You will plant a vineyard and you will never enjoy its fruit. Your ox will be butchered before your eyes, but you will not eat a single bite of the meat. Your donkey will be taken away from you. Never to be returned. Your sheep and your goats will be given to your enemies and no one will be there to help you. You will watch as your sons and daughters are taken away as slaves to sin and to the world. Your heart will break for them, but you won't be able to help them. A foreign nation you have never heard of will eat your crops you worked so hard to grow and you will suffer under constant oppression and harsh treatment. You will go mad because of all of the tragedy you see around you. The Lord will cover your knees and legs with incredible boils. In fact, you will be covered from head to toe. The Lord will exile you and your king to a nation unknown to you and your ancestors. There, in exile, you will worship gods of wood and stone. You will become an object of horror, ridicule, and mocking among the nations to which the Lord sends you. You will plant much, but harvest little, for locusts will eat your crops. You will plant vineyards and care for them, 
but you will not drink the wine or eat the grapes, for worms will destroy the wines. You will grow olive trees throughout your land, but you will never use the olive oil, and the fruit will drop before it ripens. You will have sons and daughters, but you will lose them, for they will be led away into captivity. Swarms of insects will destroy your trees and crops. The foreigners living among you will become stronger and stronger while you become weaker and weaker. They will lend money to you, but you will not lend money to them. They will be the head and you will be the tail. And if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and obey the commands and decrees that he has given you, all these curses will pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed. Woo! I like talking about the positives, but them negatives are real. And we see them in our world. We see people who don't care about God's commandments, and this is what they're going through. So what do we tell them? How do we help a world who's struggling through this? We hand them Jesus. We hand them, we teach them commandments. That's why it's important that we do these Bible studies. We have to get people connected to the spirit realm. And if people are not spiritual enough to be led by the spirit, then it takes teachers to teach them God's laws and commandments that he's written down in the Bible. Because that can save their life from all of this nightmare. It says these horrors will serve as a sign, a warning among you and your descendants forever. We see it still. This is a sign. This is a sign to us. Your buddy at work was talking to you about how he doesn't believe all that. Look at that. Tell me that doesn't exist in the world. Tell me we don't see this in the world as a blatant curse. They're going to stay here forever to show us we better obey God's word. If we do not serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you have received, you will serve your enemy whom the Lord will send against you. Wow. If we don't serve the Lord with joy and enthusiasm for all the abundant blessings, we're going to serve the enemy. You will be left hungry, thirsty, naked, and lacking in everything. The Lord will put an iron yoke around your neck, oppressing you harshly until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a distant nation against you from the end of the earth, and it will swoop down like a vulture. It is a nation whose language you do not understand, a, fur a furious and heartless nation that shows no respect for the old and no pity for the young. Its armies will devour your livestock and crops, and you will be destroyed. They will leave no grain, no new wine, no olive oil, calves, or lambs. You will starve to death. They will attack your cities until all the fortress walls of your land and the walls you trusted to protect you are knocked down. He's saying if, the, if we spread to the point 
where you're already messing up your personal life because you're not following the word of God. And if it gets to a point where your nation falls to this, this is what will happen. There are nations poised and ready who don't speak our languages, who don't care about us, and are willing to destroy us. And all that's going to change that is whether we as the people decide to obey and, and honor the word of God. They will attack all your towns and your land and the Lord your God has given you. The siege, the terrible distress of the enemy's attack will be so severe that you eat the flesh of your own sons and daughters whom the Lord your God has given you. The most tender-hearted man, the man who everybody thinks is the greatest guy on earth among you, will have no compassion for his own brother, his beloved wife, or his starving children. He will refuse to share with them the flesh he is devouring, the flesh of one of his own children, because he has nothing else to eat during the siege and terrible distress of your enemy will inflict on your towns. The most tender and delicate woman among you, so delicate that she would not so much as touch her foot to the ground, will be selfish towards her husband she loves and towards her own son and daughter. She will hide them. She will hide from them the afterbirth and the new baby she has born so that she herself can secretly eat them. She will have nothing else to eat during the siege and terrible distress that your enemy will inflict on your towns. And if you refuse to obey the words of instruction that are written in this book, and if you do not fear the glorious and awesome name of the Lord your God, then the Lord will overwhelm you and your children with indescribable plagues. Men will not care about their families. They won't care about their children. They won't share their food with their children. They will be selfish. Women who, great women, will not care about their husbands, will not care about their babies. They will eat their young to make themselves happy. We see that in our world. We see fathers who care more about their own life than they do about their kids. We see wives who don't love the husband who takes care of them, who don't care about their kids that God's given them. They eat, they let their kids die so they can be happy. And it's a curse that belongs on the cross. Amen. We've got to follow the word of God. We've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. And we have to allow him to instruct our path so that we don't end up in this place. These plagues will be intense and without relief, making you miserable and unbearably sick. I, I hope I haven't been disobeying God's word. Because <laughs> I've been sick. <laughs> no, and you know what? This is a good time to laugh about that and point that out. Because it's getting dark. It's getting dark, people. The, we see these as residual echoes throughout our lives. We are born into lives of sin. The curses already exist in our life. This does not mean that if one of these things or some of these things are happening in your life that you're a bad person, you've done the wrong thing. That's not what it means. 
These are what is going to happen in life. We have to fight hard to make it not happen in our life. We've got to study to show ourselves approved. We've got to walk in his ways. <coughs> we also have to know his grace and mercy exist. We have to know that when my life ends up this way, he can pick me back out of that and put me back on the good ground. I've been in these places in my life because I didn't care about God and I didn't care about his word. And when I decided and I realized that what I was doing was wrong and I repented, he picked me back up and he put me back on the path that I should have been on, where I'm the head and never the tail. Where I don't need to borrow money, I can lend money. Where I don't need to work for a living, I can choose to work for a living. These are the promises that God gives our life. But we see these curses in people's lives around us. These plagues will be intense and without relief make you miserable and unbearably sick. He will infect you with all the diseases of Egypt that you feared so much. And you will have no relief. The Lord will afflict you with every sickness and plague there is. Even those not mentioned in the book of instructions until you are destroyed. I think he was talking about COVID there. <laughs> Though you become as numerous as the stars in the sky, few of you will be left because you won't, because you would not listen to the Lord your God. Just as the Lord has found great pleasure in crushing you and cursing you. Wait, no. Just as the Lord has found great pleasure in causing you to prosper and multiply, he will find great pleasure in destroying you. The same way. So when we do good for God and we're doing the great things for God, he enjoys blessing us and causing us to prosper and putting us on that path towards heaven or when we don't care about him he does not take pity it's up for us to, to seek out that pity in God it's up to us to turn and repent and that's when he becomes overzealous about cleaning us up and putting us back on the right path and taking care of our life again but for those who choose not to listen to his word for those who don't care he's not going to take pity you make your bed you're making it the way you want it. You will be torn from the land you are about to enter and occupy. For the Lord will scatter you among all the nations from one end of the earth to the other. There you will worship foreign gods that neither you nor your ancestors have known. Gods made of wood and stone. There among these nations you will find no peace or place to rest. And the Lord will cause your heart to tremble your eyesight to fail, and your soul to despair. Your life will constantly hang in the balance. You will live night and day in fear, unsure if you will survive. Those are curses, guys. And none of this belongs on anybody in this room. We come to Bible study to learn God's word. We seek him with our heart. We've been doing these things. Now we have to realize that I'm not going to walk in that no more if I've already let him pay for it. He's already taken care of that. I don't have to worry about that. My heart doesn't have to be troubled. My eyesight doesn't have to fail. My soul doesn't have to be in despair. I don't have to live in fear. 
I don't have to be unsure whether or not I'm going to survive. I know the way maker. I know the one who's going to make sure that I'm fed and that I'm taken care of and that I'm going to prosper because I'm going to seek after him with my whole heart so that I can avoid all of these crazy curses. In the morning you will say, if only it were night. And in the evening you will say, if only it was morning. For you will be terrified by the awful horrors you see around you. Then the Lord will send you back to Egypt in ships to the desolation I promised you would never see again. There you will offer to sell yourselves to your enemies as slaves. But no one will buy you. So these are the curses that fall. I know when I read it, I felt the same way, guys. When I prepared this, I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, your mercy is great, Lord. But it shows you how beautiful he is, that he paid for all of that. Second Corinthians 5. Saul's got my phone. Uh, and I'm, here it is. Okay. It's talking about we are God's ambassadors. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. We are commending ourselves to you again. No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all died to our old life. He died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. So I don't judge other people when they're going through this stuff. I'm not looking at it from a human point of view. What I see is curses and blessings. I can see the curse on people's lives when they don't follow God's word. And I can see the blessings grow in people's lives who are seeking him. At one point, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. Oh, God. Here's our task, guys. He's given us the task of reconciling people to him. Our task is to get people away from this curse and into the blessings. By accepting Jesus Christ, by repenting, by being baptized and identifying yourself as Jesus Christ, being filled with his Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit and living a life of sanctification. 
where we grow in His Word and become better. More like Christ. For God, who was Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counted people's sins against them. So that's beautiful. Because all this was Old Testament. That all these curses and all that was all before Christ came to reconcile the world to himself. This is where he got rid of all this. It was at the cross where he changed the whole game plan. Where now we could turn to him. I, I might not know all your word, God. I might not have all of your commands down. I might I might even miss it from now and then. But your grace is good enough. If my heart's in the right place and I'm seeking after Him, He's going to make up the difference. And He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. This was 2 Corinthians verse 11 through 21, chapter 5, just in case. <laughs> we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His plea. Come back to God. For God made Christ. Now listen to this. For God made Christ who never sinned. No, you know what? We're going to have to read this in King James. This pagan version is leading me astray. For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made righteous of God in Him. All right, we'll read the pagan version too. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The reason why I said pagan version and all that good joke is because in this version, there's a star there. Because it says... He was made to be the offering for sin. People who translated the Bible didn't like the way it was written, so they altered it a little bit. They didn't want to say what the King James said. Because when I read King James, it said, For he hath made him to be sin. He took sin on himself. He became the curse when he was on the cross. He became it. Why do you think he cried out to his father? Father, why have you forsaken me? Because he became sin. The father has to pull away from sin. When he took upon himself all of the sin of the world, that's when his heart exploded. That's when he died in our place and he left nailed to the cross all of the sin of the world, all of the curses of the Bible, all of the things that are destroying mankind, he put on his body on that cross so that we no longer have to walk in it. So we no longer have to take that upon ourselves. But we have to understand that he's the one who paid for it. It's just like getting a check. If nobody signs it, it's worth nothing. But once I have His signature, once I have His blood on my life, then those curses can't touch me no more. But if we walk and we don't realize that and we don't claim that, 
we gladly accept these curses. You know what? I may not be sick and dying, and I may not have diseases, and I, you know, it's okay if just my breadboard's cursed. It's okay if just my field's cursed. You know, God, you, you take away my sin, you start, but it's okay that I'm a little sick. It's not, because all of those are curses, and all of that belongs on the cross. When I go forward and I ask elders to lay hands on me and pray for me so sickness leaves my body, it's because it doesn't belong there. If I think it belongs there or if I accept it and I act like it's okay, then it's going to stay there. But when I know it doesn't belong in my body, God promises me healing. And what does he say to do? Go up front and have the elders lay hands on you. Then that's what I have to do so that God's word becomes true in our life. <clears throat> I have to put the curses back on the cross. That's where they belong. I know Brandon taught on Colossians, didn't you? So I'm going to touch on that again because I know he did a great job on this. But it ties in to what I'm just teaching. For if you, this is Colossians 2, 12 through 17. If you were buried with Christ for, not if, for you were that if changed the whole <laughs> context of that. <laughs> it shows you how important one word in the Bible is. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you are raised to a new life because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. That's important. <laughs> If I'm buried with Christ in his baptism, then I have to be raised with him to the new life. That means when I got baptized, all of that got nailed to the cross. All the curse got nailed to the cross and all the blessing is released in my life. But he says, because you trusted the mighty power of God. If you don't trust that, then it's not going to happen. It comes through trust. It comes through faith. It comes from believing. But I have to know and I have to believe that what is a curse belongs on the cross. What is a blessing belongs in my life. I've got to see it that way. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave all of your sins. So all these people walking in these curses were unable, because this is before Christ died, they were unable to say, God, I'm sorry, and have him forgive their sins. There was no blood yet. There was, they had to sacrifice a goat to hope it would roll it forward that maybe one day, these curses won't attack my life. But in the meantime, the sin was still there and the curses were still present. Christ destroyed all that. He destroyed the written record so that every time I've messed up, every time I start seeing these curses appear in my life again, I can go, God, I'm sorry, I must have messed up. I need some more of your blood that you spilled for me. And he can instantly wipe it all away and we can start right back on the clean track of the blessings again. 
Oh, that's so powerful, guys. When we see people in our world that are dealing with these struggles, that's what they need. That's what they need. In my own personal life, if I start seeing these struggles, it's a sign. This is what you need, Dan. You might not know what you did. You might know what you did. But you better repent either way and you better get it under the blood or else all these curses are going to be coming right back on you because you just reached up and snatched sin right off the cross and acted like it wasn't going to come with all these horrible curses that God's word promises will come every time. You were dead because of your sinful nature, and your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, and he forgave all of your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us, took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. What did he disarm them from? What did he disarm them from? The curses that they were going to dump into your life. He disarmed those spiritual authorities. They're no longer allowed to dump chaos and confusion in your house. They're no longer allowed to steal your peace and joy. They're no longer allowed to cause sickness and disease in your life. They're not allowed to curse your children. They're not allowed to curse your, your animals. They're not allowed to curse your dog. They're not allowed to curse your flocks. You will have food. You will be the head. No one's allowed to look at you like you're underneath them. Because he disarmed them. What you, did you want to add to that, Brandon? <laughs> I was going to wait to see if you added what I was No, about. add it. He's speaking to you. So, I absolutely love this scripture. This scripture speaks so much volume to me. He disarmed the spiritual powers against us. And it goes to say in the next verse that he claimed victory about it. If we look at the cross and nailing our sin onto the cross, if we stop looking at it as something shameful that oh, I gotta go to the cross and I gotta nail this sin up there, that's not what it is. That cross is a victory. Yes. That cross is where we can go to rejoice. Thank you, God, I can put this sin on the cross and I can leave it there. I don't yes. have to be ashamed that yes. I'm putting this sin on the cross. Right. You should be ashamed that you're not putting that sin Amen. on the cross. And all the curses with it. They're all going with it. That cross is a victory. So Amen. NASCAR, we see when somebody wins a NASCAR race, they celebrate. They do donuts. They pop champagne <coughs> in a circle. Right. They have confetti dropped out. It's a complete and utter celebration of what they just went through. They came out victorious. They beat everything else. The cross is the exact same thing. And we got to start looking at the cross as a victory because it just says right here. Yep. We just learned that why did you forsake me? We, we know now. And then he's like, yes, yep. my plan has came to fruition. These, these powers no longer have power over my people. I disarmed all of them now. They no longer so can control you guys. They no longer have spears to poke at you. They no longer have swords to slice you down because I took all of that. Now bring all of everything else into this victory circle. And when you nail it onto the, re onto the cross, rejoice about it because that's where it's going to stay. Amen. That's so good. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. It was a public victory. It was for everybody to see. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or what you drink 
or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. It's not about all that, guys. If there ain't no curse in my life, then don't tell me something's a sin. Because sin doesn't come without a curse. I'm free in God to eat and drink what I like, to celebrate what I like, to worry about what I feel like, because I've got the victory at the cross already. For these rulers are, these rules, ah, here we go. These rules, guys, these old commandments, these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. You follow the rules or you get the curses. Okay, well, that was only a shadow. You follow Christ or you live in curses. And it's not a shadow, it's the reality. But you live in Christ and you live in blessings and prosperity and peace and joy and love. Amen. Makes the choice pretty easy. When he asked them up in the beginning, choose you this day whom you will serve. That's what he was asking them. What are you going to leave on that cross? What are you going to live in? Because you can decide. It's up to us to make that choice. I want to leave everything on the cross that he paid for. I want to receive all of the blessings that he promised. We're going to do that by carefully following and obeying the word of God. Thank God he's blessed us with teachers, with pastors, with friends and family who speak life and truth into our lives. We need to listen to that. God will try different ways to get his word through to us. He'll, he'll, he put it all here in a book if anybody's got time. But if we don't, he put people in our lives who will teach us. He put pastors in our life who will guide us. He put friends who will call you at just the right moment Amen. and say what you need to hear to get you out of the curses and back into the blessings. So let's make sure that we have lives that are being led by the Spirit and it's, and it's leaving on the cross what belongs on that cross. Amen. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, bless our hearts and minds today, God. Thank you for being such a great God for taking all of the sin upon yourself on that cross and holding all the curses back from your beloved people. We thank you for the promise that your mercy is great and that we get to walk in the, your grace, Lord. Let us continue to bring this message of reconciliation to this world, God, that we will take up the task that you put on us with, with great vigor, that we will reach the lost and show them a way out of the curse. We worship you and praise you and thank you for spending time with us today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.